The Utah Jazz offense have been stifled all night long without Lowry Markin and without Jordan Clarkson. But in the fourth quarter, the young bull got the Jazz rolling in a monster comeback to beat the Pelicans 105-100. We're talking about it next on Postcast. Big, huge screen, all sorts of fun stuff. We don't actually have that tonight. Hi, I'm David Locke, along with Ron Boone, as we bring you postcast tonight. And the Jazz win it by the final score of 105-100, outscoring the Pels 37-23. The Jazz first half was tough. They turned the ball over 15 times. Their half-court offensive rating was a .36, but they stayed in the game with their defense. The Jazz defensive rating through three quarters was a 101. They stayed in the game with their defense. The Pelicans playing the night before without the services of Zion Williamson, C.J. McCollum, and Trey Murphy. The Jazz without Jordan Clarkson and Lowry Markin really couldn't figure out how to play. And at the end of the night, Colin Sexton ignited them, hit some big shots, and then Simone Fontecchio was certainly clutch late. And it was a monster group effort as 10 guys played, all of them playing between 19 and I think 27 minutes tonight. I think Collins, uh, two three-point shots, um, and then he went three for five there in the fourth quarter. Five assists. So, uh, yeah, his his, self, his play offensively was definitely uh, the, the, uh, the the dagger, I think, that really gave the Jazz a chance to win the basketball game. But if you look collectively, if you look at the whole scope of, of this team, but that fourth quarter was just awesome. 13 for 20 from the field with 65% shooting. Let's go. There's one play tonight that's the biggest play of the night. The Colin Sexton assist to Keontae George for three. It was beautiful ball of movement, but what Will Hardy's been preaching and asking for is please do not dribble five times and then decide you're going to pass. Yeah. Sometimes you have to just decide to pass the basketball yeah. first. And on that possession, everyone did it. And Keontae George got a wide-open three. You get the defense scrambling with passing the basketball. And you, lots of times, guys that can dribble the basketball uh, come off the uh, a pick-and-roll like they want uh, Keontae to do. Come off the pick-and-roll hard enough to the point where the defense has to rotate and, and scramble to get in front of you. Now, ball moving, would get, for the most part, will get a, a good shot. And that's what you saw with, uh, with Colin Sexton. And Keontae knocks down. What hit? Well, that's his third three-point shot of the ball game. In the first half, they turned it over 15 times. You made the comment on the other. They're trying. They're trying to do the right thing, but they're just throwing the ball yeah. around the gym. And Scott Morrison joined us at halftime, so we got to figure out which uniforms we're wearing. <laughs> yeah. Like it was bad. It was really, really, really bad. Um, what changed? It, I think the positive. You pointed out the good news. The good news was, hey, they're trying to do the right thing. So with that, what changed in the second half where they ended up, I don't know what the final number on turnovers was tonight. 24 seems like a lot. It's not a lot when you have 15 in the first half. First half, yes. And I, I think it was, it was 15 in the first half, 19 points, something like that. But it, what changed was the fact that, yes, they were continue to move the basketball. Uh, and, and, you know, maybe the altitude start to kick in and, uh, with, the, uh, with the Pelicans to the point where they were not getting into the passing lanes. I noticed that Hawkins Daniels really played that weak side passing line very, very well, expecting the Jazz to throw that pass, and the Jazz got away from it. I mean, they tried to throw some skip passes a couple of times. That was pretty high, and Checo ended up uh, pulling one down. I'm glad he did because that was at a crucial time. 
But for the most part, moving the basketball gets the defense scrambling, get them moving. And all of a sudden, if you got some good shooters, you're going to get some good looks. Jazz started tonight with a lineup we never thought we'd see. Keontae George, Chris Dunn, Simone Fontecchio, John Collins, and Omar Yerksaven. They closed with Colin Sexton. Keontae for the final 334. Simone for the final 334. Kelly played the entire fourth quarter. Walker played about four minutes of it and then got in foul trouble and never returned. And Talon played about eight minutes of it. And, and Ochai played. I mean, they, they used nine of the ten guys, basically, or eight of the ten guys, John Collins and Chris Dunn, didn't play the fourth quarter after starting. I mean, this was a truly, like, team group effort tonight. I would like to talk, well, we'll get a chance to one day, to, to talk to Will and ask him about this. I mean, what, was there a game plan? Okay, we're going to give uh, these guys anywhere from 25 to 26, 27 minutes and, and uh, because that is so evenly distributed. You get to the point where you think, okay, they had this plan. I don't think they did. I think that's just the way the game played. I don't think they had any idea that Colin Sexton was closed in the final 12 minutes of this night, particularly when Colin hadn't scored in the first half. Colin did not score in Portland. It was the first time in an NBA game, which he wasn't injured, played four minutes last year in a game, was injured. That doesn't count. In which he did not score in a, did not have a field goal in a game. He's had one free throw the other night. And then he didn't have a field goal in the first half tonight. And for him to bounce back through that, I mean, it's kind of the essence of Colin. He's just never phased at all by any of his surroundings. Um, that's pretty awesome by Colin to be able to fight through that. Yeah, and you said it many, many times. I mean, he's a, he's such a competitor and hard on himself. You can see when he, as, as you mentioned during the broadcast, he missed a couple of shots and he's backpedaling, going down through the other way, and he's emulating shooting the basketball, you know, because – He's worried about his release or something like that, but he, he's hard on himself, and he always continues uh, to play hard. Let me touch on something else, David. Looking at the field goal percentage, 41%, 42% uh, that the Pelicans shot. Uh, when I played, if you held a team to 42 43%, and you didn't win, that was, you know. Well, now if you hold a team to 42 you certainly should win. You better right? win. Like, yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, really, the Jazz defense was outstanding tonight. 100 defense rating in the first quarter, 98 defense rating by the end of halftime, 101 by the end of three. I mean, that's incredible defensive rating. League average is a 112. We're not good. We're at 121 defensively. Like, we came in as the 28th-ranked defense tonight. So, really, an, in uh, hey, let's not. Like, ignore two facts. They were without three starters, C.J. McCollum, Trey Murphy, and Zion Williamson, and they were on the back end of the back-to-back. Fine. We were in Portland the other night against a team that was the worst offensive team in the league, and they torched us. So I I got it. They were on the back end of a back-to-back, and we got they had three guys hurt, but I, I'm taking this. Like, we hadn't had – the Jazz had not had a legitimately solid 48-minute defensive effort until tonight. Yeah, I totally agree. And and if you don't win these ball games, where does that put you? you Bottom line. What do you see out of York saving tonight? That was a tough matchup against Jonas Valanciunas. You know, I watched him warm up, you know, quite a bit, and, and he works really hard. I mean, even when we finished our, our little deal down there with the coach, you know, I pay a lot of attention to him. He's working very, very hard. He's trying to get, in, as a matter of fact, in those one-on-one -on -one meetings that we had uh, before the season, he did say that, that he was working hard because he wanted to be a part of the rotation. He's continuing to do that. I don't think he's far away from uh, from – Let's put it this way. I don't think he's any less of a player than some of the, you know what I mean? It's well, I mean, getting like, minutes. here's an interesting one on him. I was talking to him, and this is at least his viewpoint. He thought last year in Miami he was going to play in the rotation as the backup center, and then he gets hurt, 
And by the time he was done with his injury, he lost that spot. But he, when the year started, he really thought he had 15, 20 minutes a night for Miami. He went to the NBA Finals last year. Yeah. So this is a guy that could help this team and play a little bit. Now, with John Collins and Kelly Olynyk and Walker Kessler, there's just not a lot of minutes out there. But you know what? At some point, like, he may do things that are, you know, that, that do better than and execute better than some of the other guys. And in that sense, then he gets time. The key here, David, is that he, he's working hard because he wants to get there. And I don't think that he will lose that. And, and for the most part, when he's called upon, he'll be ready. Let's talk about Simone Fontecchio today. He uh, started, and Will Hardy basically said in the pregame media that he wanted to see his length on Brandon Ingram. Mm-hmm. Uh, the implied comment there is that, hey, my other choice is Ochai, and Ochai can do a lot of things great, but he's still just 6'5". Yeah, right. And Simone is or 6'4". And Simone is 6'7". What did you see out of how Simone defended Brandon Ingram? I thought it was really interesting that Ochai told us postgame, well, I guarded him in FIBA, and so I had some experience having guarding him before, which I didn't think about during the game. So interesting how that played into this. But what did you think of Simone's defense tonight on Brandon Ingram? Well, the game plan was to play on top of him, which is awfully tough to do. On top, meaning to play uh, and, and try to force him one way or the other. And, and uh, that's awfully hard to do, especially when you get – you know, pick and roll there at the top of the key. Um, but for the most part, he did the best he could. I mean, Ingram is a tough, it, it's, it's a tough call because all he wants to do is get into that mid range area. And he knows at six foot nine that he can shoot over anyone. And, and, and he does shoot a great percentage. So uh, what Fentecchio was saying is, is I do the best I can just try to stay in front of him and, and force him to Ingram didn't really, how many times did he go to the basket? I, I think that might be a key because, for the most part, he just wants to shoot the mid-range jumper anyway. And he finally missed a few of them late after having an unbelievable game in the mid-range overall. The overall story tonight, though, has to be the Jazz defense, how well they played it overall. They'll be a tougher task with Zion back the other night. And then surviving the clutch late without Jordan Clarkson and without Lowry Markin and the two guys who take almost all – and John Collins didn't play. The three guys who take the most shots in the Jazz clutch were not on the floor late, and they made plays. Colin Sexton, Keontae George hitting big threes. Colin igniting most of it. Let's touch on Walter Kessler mm-hmm. for quickly, you know, before we go, because I, I thought he was uh, very active, and, and I thought he did a great job. He got in a little foul trouble, but uh, he hasn't played in quite a while, and I think he made his presence known. 11 points and 11 rebounds. Interesting, the Jazz played 10 guys tonight, all of which who played well, without their two biggest minutes, guys. Like, we're back to where we started the year with very, very flat line, similar players other than Lowry across the board. And who gets minutes and who doesn't is just an unclear item on this. And it's not, I mean, the Pelicans were a little limited tonight, so it's not as though you did this against one of the best rosters in the NBA, but it still shows. Like, there just really has not been, I would say, 2 through 12, there's been almost no separation on this roster this year from any players. And it means Will Hardy has this, like, impossible task of figuring out who plays and who doesn't. Like, Lowry's our best player, and then I do not know who our second best player is. And tonight it was Colin Sexton. Other nights it's been somebody else. But, I mean, I haven't kept track. Maybe Lacey has of who we've given stars to this year. It's all over the map. And I tell you, it's so it just leads to crazy scenarios for Will Hardy trying to coach this team. Now, this team is probably not as talented or as deep as a lot of teams in the NBA, but is it a luxury now with um, – with Coach Hardy to have the guys in the right mindset that, okay, if you don't pass, you don't 
you know, you don't do the right things out there on the floor. I think that is the luxury. However, <laughs> it's hard. It's yeah. you'd far rather have a clearly defined yeah. hierarchy of players in the NBA. That's how the NBA is supposed to work. Is that you have a very clear hierarchy that like this is your guy and then this is your guy and then this is your guy and then everyone plays off those three. Mm -hmm. And I think part of our turnover problem is that we don't have that hierarchy. So no one's entirely sure who's playing off whom every night. Well, is that Monday? Fair? Monday, yeah. Do you think that Lacey's going to do uh, – she's a school teacher, if I remember correctly. I think Lacey's going to go back through our last 15 postcasts. We didn't do one in Memphis, by the way. We had technical problems that night, so you're mm -hmm. free of one of them. And she's going to, like, have all of her students, like, chart the stars of jazz players – and who, what, how, what percentage they have, and how, what percentage rate Lowry has of getting a star. I see math pro problems happening in Lacey's future as she um, builds all these things for for us. Well, we know one star is going to be Colin Sexton. Colin Sexton is unquestionably the star tonight. The second star, I have my choice, but we'll see who you go with. I'm going to go with Walter Kessler. Ooh, I want to go Simone Fontecchio for his defense on Brandon Ingram. No, okay, I'm going to go with Walter Kessler. 11 rebounds. Do I just have to acquiesce to Ron Boone? Is that how this works? <laughs> I is, just have what, to say. What, what does Lacey say? Um, um, I don't know. But I thought Simone was. He was great. He was great. And he did it on the. What I like about it is he did it on a night where he didn't shoot well. Right? Like he's he, he did what you've always asked out of a guy, which is. When the shot's not going, play defense harder, not 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 softer. Like he actually did that, which was kind of awesome. I didn't talk you into it, did I? No, you did not. What am I to do? That is Ron Boone. I'm David Locke. That is postcast. Jazz win in a fourth quarter, 105, 100 over the Pelicans, 37-23. Fourth quarter surge by the Jazz. Make sure that you uh, come out and join us Monday. Tickets are available. Jazz Pelicans again. We now send you to the first ever 24-7 national sports stream on YouTube. Locked on sports today.